0: Welcome to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell. I am joined today by the brilliant philosopher, author, and now actor, Larkin Rose. What's up, brother? How are you doing?
1: Hey, doing good.
0: Well, I uh I wanted to get into uh kind of the the deprogramming of of the American mind, uh, particularly because that's what I I'm, I'm most concerned with, because that's what I'm surrounded by is the American mind. And you know, your, your most recent video I thought was really interesting and, and I've been dealing with this a lot lately where I'm trying to, to decide how I should approach, you know, my, my fellow man uh, when it comes to the programming that they're receiving. Um, primarily, you know, after, after it became legal for the federal government to propagandize the American people, it has, <laughs> it has gotten significantly worse and, and while my frustration has grown exponentially uh it it has also kind of given me more pause and given me more reason to have sympathy for them because they are being propagandized so heavily so it's like yeah. can i can i judge these people uh you know as viciously as i would like to because they're so <laughs> they're so out of their fucking minds but at the same time it's like oh no i get it but just to explain what i'm what i'm getting at here you know you have the covid era Everyone's programmed into that. You have the Ukraine Russia war. Everyone's programmed into that. That's led into by the Russia gate propaganda. Everyone's led into that. Uh, now you have the israel Palestine propaganda. Um, it doesn't change the fact that what they're doing is immoral, but it does give me some sympathy. So I'm just curious how how are you approaching it at this point?
1: Yeah, that's actually that pretty well describes my focus for the last like five or ten years. Like I've been focused on the philosophy stuff for twenty seven now. But the the whole thing of human psychology and getting through to people when you're telling them something that doesn't match their worldview, like I'd like it if you could just like, here's the evidence, here's the logic, ta-da, that doesn't work. And so I actually, I made a course called Candles in the Dark, which is about how to talk to people, to, to bring out from them the, the part of them that already like understands freedom and, and all that. But the, one of the first challenges, which you <laughs> expressed quite well, is not letting ourselves view them as the enemy, as mm-hmm. these obnoxious, like the sort of like the matrix thing, because they're trying to do what they think is right. Now, they're being gullible, they're being <laughs> stupid, they're falling for just ridiculous authoritarian garbage, but most people are still trying to do the right thing. And so it can be, you know, it's very tempting to just tell them, you're stupid, I can't believe you fell for this, and you fell for that, and you're, and you're, you're cheering for evil. That, that doesn't, like, win people over. But if you can try to get to the part of them that, that cares and is trying to do the right thing and acknowledge that part and then sort of gently lead them to start looking more carefully at basically how they were tricked into their goodness being used as a, you know, cheerleader for evil, <laughs> basically. But it's definitely a challenge.
0: Yeah, well, it is a challenge. And I I think my frustration is just that it, it's not that these, it seems as if these lessons can't be learned. Like it's not being extrapolated upon, you know, like a lot of people have woken up to the insanity of, uh, say, the War on Terror or the Patriot Act, and they realize like, oh, that was really dumb. But like, they'll still apply the exact same uh, reciprocity principle to what Hamas did to to Israel and say, well, Israel can do whatever it wants look at what we did after 9-11. It's like, well what we we did after 9 was a fucking disaster. <laughs> right. That <laughs> so, was like, wrong too. Yeah. yeah, so so why can't you extrapolate? the same with the COVID era. Like they 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 realized that uh, you know otherizing and uh you know oppressing their fellow man that refused to go along was a moral. Many of them realize that today. Some of them still don't, and I don't have any mercy for those people. But for those that have realized it, why can't they then realize that? Oh, if you otherize someone because they're a Trump supporter, and and you want to see them, you know, thrown in the penitentiary for J six for the rest of their lives. Like they just, it doesn't seem as if they're able to apply these these lessons into the next psyop.
1: Yeah. And most people like a a thing we focus on in in candles in the dark is when you talk to people, make sure you're asking them questions that are literal, personal and specific, Mm. because what they want is vague, like policy mush, like Israel should be allowed to defend itself. Like, okay, Israel is a place. It doesn't defend itself. It has a ruling class, which part of that is defending itself. But if you break it down to. Okay, Mr. Person I'm talking to who who fell for this garbage. I mean, you don't
0: say that part out loud. <laughs> Definitely don't say that part.
1: If you could press a button and blow up five members of Hamas and 10 innocent little children, would you do that? Mm. And to start them thinking in the direction of, okay, you can't just go, oh, whatever you have to do. Like, would you actually do that? And some people may say yes, and they may get defensive and weird, and some people... Well, no, but I mean, what are we supposed to do about? It? But just to start them in the direction of trying to get them to look at what they're actually advocating. And this is true whether it's warmongering or authoritarian statism in anything. Like if you walk the average liberal through this process when it comes to gun control and say, okay, if I possess something that's the politicians have declared illegal, what do you want to have done to me? And be specific. Not, well, you'll get arrested. I didn't ask what would happen. I asked, what do you want to have happen? When they have to state the specific violence themselves, suddenly they hem and haw and they start to question things. Almost always. Now, every once in a while, you'll get somebody who will double down. Well, I should kick down your door and shoot you. Okay, so you demonstrate how anti-gun violence you are by wanting me shot in my living (laughs) room. Okay? Thanks for the honesty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that that has definitely been um you know the most frustrating part recently and, and I think the reason it's it's really hard for me is because you know I'm very anti-war and and just to to have kind of made my bones during the uh, the war on terror period and and to have really been advocating against that you know heavily in in real time in the oh oh two, oh three, oh four. Period when I was a young young man, um, and and to see that you know once again, all, really all it takes is a crisis. Like I think that's that's what I I keep coming back to is like if people are scared, if they're panicked, they're just going to go along with whatever their alleged leaders tell them to do. But these these politicians that are the alleged leaders are fucking scum of the earth, evil psychopaths, and they still turn to them in these times of crisis. Is there anything? The, like messaging wise that you that you go to to someone that like they're they're on the cusp of being awake but not fully there but then a crisis strikes and then they just turn back to joe biden and say do whatever you have to do uh how do you reach those people or is it just a matter of time
1: well uh, again i think the the lack of clarity of thought in most people like mushy headedness plus fear equals cheerleaders for evil yeah, And so it, it can be really difficult to undo the fear because if they think, ah, oh, the world's about to come to an end, if we don't have this authoritarian solution to try to talk them out of that threat um, almost never works. Cause if they're, and that's, I mean, the tyrants are pretty smart about this. They're utterly evil, but they're smart because they know that fear shuts down the rational brain. Mm-hmm. And so trying to gently logic somebody through something when they're like flipping out, like, yeah, but the world's going to end. So, the other side of it is, okay, let's let's accept <laughs> that the world is going to end or really horrible things are happening. What exactly should be done about it? And if you if you're passing off the decision on what should be done to some to to someone else, well, let the government let the mil- military do whatever they need to do, the you need to basically question them in a way that brings it back to them and and this is why, you know, both sides, they always show here's a dead child that you killed and that, the, the right. you know, ruling classes on every side have done that in every conflict, always like now we have the technology to do it and show it to everybody really quickly. But they've always done that, whether they mm-hmm. like usually they have enough real victims that they can do that or they'll fake something or make something up or whatever. But both sides always both authoritarian sides always do that because it makes people angry and emotional. And so just saying, okay, that's really horrible. Are you aware of the fact that the people who did that, like pretending they actually did it, they did that really horrible thing because they were really mad at an injustice? So my question is, are you them? Are you the person who is willing to do things which is going to do something that horrible because you're so mad about an injustice? Because if so, you are the mirror image of what you're condemning. Now, if you can say, no, I want it directed. I want just the aggressors, just the people who did this horrible thing. I just want them harmed, but no innocence. Okay, now you're being moral and principled and actually thinking. And now I'm on your side. And that's true in both directions of like almost every conflict. Because there's nasty people on both sides. And both of them are using the nastiness of the other to justify their own nastiness. Mm-hmm. But it but obviously it's a challenge to get people to think that clearly because they're just like I'm really mad at the other side. Well, they're really mad at you. And meanwhile, the tyrants are sitting back laughing at both sets of pawns for being stupid enough to fall for this. Right. While well, they're safe and you know, they're probably having tea somewhere together while you guys are
0: murdering each other. Well, and and, and, it's, and both sides are actually cashing uh U- US taxpayer checks usually too, so Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. and then they they activate our our you know sympathetic aspects of our brains to go out uh, and carry out just the most egregious atrocities. And uh, that that is what hurts me most is just that I'm being robbed to fund this, and and then yeah. I'm also being propagandized with my own tax dollars to get me to agree with it. <laughs> and it's like it's like, yeah. It's like basically all of this stems from robbery of me and then me being abused and then innocent people dying and then me being sad about it and it's like this is a fucking sick cycle man like this is really messed up Uh. there's
1: a there's a little bit of a paradox in there because something that makes it extra depressing but also hopeful is that all of this is happening because well-intentioned people are being tricked into supporting evil so first of all that's really depressing if it's like Okay, genuinely evil people are out there doing evil things. Well, that's what they do. <laughs> like what do you mm-hmm. expect? And we have to defend against them. But the fact that every authoritarian regime got all its power, all its funding, all its, you know, trigger fingers, all the soldiers, most of them are well-intentioned and they think they're fighting for freedom and justice and yada yada yada. And so to watch evil happen as a result of good people being tricked is depressing. But the reason there's there's room for optimism is, if they were all genuinely evil, we're doomed. Right. But if it's just good people burdened by a lie, if mm. you can undo the lie, they stop being agents of evil. And mm. you know, easier said than done, but still the fact that underneath on both sides of most of these conflicts, most of the people are like, well, I just want the innocent protected and I want justice to prevail. And yeah, funny, that's exactly what the other side says and you're both blowing up each other's children day in and day out so but at least it isn't like oh we have to go talk a bunch of evil people into being good because you know good luck with that but we do have to talk a bunch of completely duped indoctrinated people into thinking in the midst of their fear which is almost just as
0: hard but (laughs) not quite yeah it's comparably challenging for sure and i i think that that has been the, the hardest part for me over the past three years since I started the show, but also since the lockdowns began is that I realized that my fellow man was was really capable in a, in a moment of fear and, and propaganda to commit, you know, evil that I didn't think that they could possibly participate in against their, you know, their friends, their family, like, it, like and- in, a, in, a, in a light switch flip. People were well willing to see, you know, relatives of theirs locked up if they didn't have some item forced in their body. I mean, that that's that's yeah. mind blowing to me, uh, and I I really didn't think I lived in a place or a time where that was possible. And and discovering that I did, and I was living right in the teeth of one was horrifying to me. Um, and you know, your your movie, uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name. Oh, Jones Jones Plantation, uh, I think does a good job of. Of showing, you know, just the the difference in era uh, doesn't really change the the human dynamic. And I thought that you guys did a good job of kind of like explaining, without you know beating you over the head with it, that um, you know this is essentially we're 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 on the plantation. You know, like we, yeah. we may not necessarily realize it, and that that's what I got about halfway through. I was like, oh yeah, voting for your slave master, yeah, like I I get all the the dots are connecting here. If you've had any reason to go to the hospital over the past couple of years, you already know how broken the health insurance system and healthcare system are. But thanks to our sponsor today, CrowdHealth, you can actually opt out. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, you can. The insurance companies don't give you peace of mind. That's why you need CrowdHealth, which does. That's why your $50 a month membership includes the tools and services you need to get the highest quality health care. You'll get access to telemedicine visits, discounted prescriptions, and so much more without doctors' networks messing things up. Plus, you'll have access to your own personal care advocate who will help you navigate the complexities of health events and even negotiate bills on your behalf. And of course, you'll join the crowd, a group of members just like you who want to help pay for each other's unexpected medical events. It's time you opt out of restrictive healthcare insurance plans and let CrowdHealth help fit your healthcare needs. Get started today for just $50 per month. Use code LOCKDOWN to get the healthcare you deserve. CrowdHealth is not insurance. Learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. Uh, I won't give any more spoiler alerts, but uh, what, what I'm concerned about is that, you know, I always looked at past just blatant injustice and said, you know, I would have been on the right side of that. And I'm sure most people would have in with our modern, you know, worldview. Um, I'm not so sure anymore. You know, I, I I really don't think, in fact, I'm, I'm sure the other direction, I really believe that the vast majority of people today, even with their critical race theory, woke worldview, if they had come about in a time of slavery being accepted, that there's no fucking chance these people would have been abolitionists. They yep. would have been they would have been cheerleaders for the status quo, and they would have been talking about how it defends democracy or some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Any any comments on that?
1: Yeah. Well, the funny thing is one of the one of the fundamentally different things about um, Jones Plantation than any other movie I've seen is one of the things I want people to think after they've seen it and they're you know going about their daily lives. You know, most movies you want to go rah, rah, rah for the good guys. Okay, what's for dinner? You know, whatever. I want people to wonder if they would have been on the right side because like you were talking about, because most people won't. And I think it the movie demonstrates that in a way that a lot of people are going to be uncomfortable when they realize, wow, these these well-intentioned victims of this machine are cheering for it because that's most of human history. Like, if you see the cheering throngs of Mao and Stalin and Hitler and Mussolini and all that right down the line, those people meant well, just like you said. A a while back, I did a, a video called Never Forget, and it was about, like, yeah, people like to imagine that, yeah, if you were born in a different time, in a different place, you would have been cheerleader for justice, but... No, you wouldn't. And how do I know you wouldn't is because the last few years you've demonstrated that you wouldn't. You demonstrated that fear can drive you into being a cheerleader for authoritarian evil. Um, and I want people to have that uncomfortable recognition while being entertained by the movie. I want them to later realize I'm not sure I would have been on the right side of that because most people wouldn't have been. And that is... That is the power of how tyrants really work. Like the the comic book version of tyrants is fake and stupid. In real life, the tyrants use people's goodness right. to, to trick them into cheering for evil. They don't say, hey, put me in power so I can do evil stuff. Like that never works. They say, put me into power and I'll fight against this horrible, nasty thing over here. And that is how you get, in the real world, that's how you get tyranny. And so the movie, I think, depicts that rather well. And I want people to be made uncomfortable. Like, it's really easy. You know, everybody, like, how could that happen in Nazi Germany? Well, do you actually want to know? Mm -hmm. Because you do the same thing. (laughs) And most, most people don't want to know. They want to just imagine, well, Germans all got evil for some reason for a while. And then they all got not evil, or most of them got not evil again. So it was just magic and weird, and I don't want to look at it too hard. Mm. Because if they look at it too hard, they realize that, yeah, that could totally happen here. It would be a different flavor of that, like it's been in different countries. But if people can be scared into cheering for authoritarianism, that is how evil happens. And I think that the Jones plantation does a pretty good job of demonstrating. You have like one genuinely brilliant like evil mastermind and a couple pawns and a whole bunch of victims who are giving him all of his power and that's all of human history. Sadly, yeah,
0: yeah, no, it really is. And uh, I mean, as you said, it would be a different flavor, but we saw the flavor. Like it, it yeah. It, if you if you get people afraid of a pandemic, then they will like all you have to do is tell them like, well, you're a good person because you want to defend grandmas that can't defend themselves. Yep. So like, obviously you're the good person because you want to see half of this nation thrown into camps, you know, yep. because you have to protect grandma. <laughs> um, It's just, it's just mind blowing that like people can't extrapolate, like they just can't connect the dots. The, and I think, I think what, it, what I come back to is like, in the reason that, you know, people in our camp, most of us, uh, I saw plenty of, you know, libertarians and anarchists that also fucking lost their minds during the COVID era. Um, yeah. But, but I'd say a larger percentage of people in our ideological, philosophical, principled worldview were able to maintain their, their rational thought during this period than other ideological camps, which is, in my opinion, a good sign. Um, but what it, what it, what it showed me is that, you know, the basically there's just a lack of, philosophical principles just broadly um yeah is that is that as you know bare bones is that as simple as it gets that most people just don't function off of any serious principles
1: yeah they, they don't think of such things at all and i know that for as a result of doing the candles in the dark method if you go through these simple questions you very quickly realize the vast majority of people have never thought about the most basic things like if it's bad for you to do this thing is it okay for you to vote for someone else to do it for you and they're right. like "Huh, i never so you've never thought about it and and we have to train ourselves to not scream at them and strangle them it's like how did you live your whole life but yeah most most people have never thought about this stuff have never philosophized at all and they're they're literally punished for doing that like the, the whole education system is you sit there you memorize what we say you take it for granted that whatever we tell you is true we're the teacher, you. Repeat it on a test. You get rewarded. If you question us or argue with us or say something else, you get punished. Well, the result of that is unthinking, obedient parents and saying whatever they were taught to say and thinking whatever they were taught to think. And uh, I know a lot of people said, oh, it, it things got so much worse in the last three years. And I don't think they did. I just think it became more obvious how clueless yes. and indoctrinated people were. You didn't used to be able to tell by looking at them. Now they're like wearing it on their face, so yes, to speak. Yes, That, wow, you're that easy to scare and control. Um, but that's been the case for, for ages. The funny thing is I was actually – encouraged by the response to that because a lot of generally normal people who never doubt or question anything a lot of like proud law-abiding taxpayers even they got to the point where this they're like this is ridiculous i'm not shutting down i'm not going along 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 with these mandates i'm not doing this now a huge number of people went along the whole time but the fact that this trick basically pushed a bunch of normal people in our direction Right. Like it made them question things when they never had before. Um, That's one of the reasons I think this was the dumbest thing I've ever seen the tyrants do. I mean, it was destructive. They got a bunch of money. They got at least temporary power, but where a lot of people look at that and go, oh, now we're all utterly doomed. I'm like, no, I I already knew that most people were that easy to control and, (laughs) and terrify and manipulate. They just weren't making it so obvious, you know, in that particular day. Right. And then the day came where the, the tyrants tried to cash in on it and see what they could get. Um, but I'm weirdly optimistic in spite of how pathetic it is. Cause I was like, that's very slightly less pathetic than I had even guessed it would be when they pulled something. <laughs> well, so it just, you can it call just, that optimism.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show, uh, you know, who who was optimistic and who was pessimistic leading into 2020 I, I think I was more optimistic than you uh, which which made which made 2020 way more painful for me because yeah. I was like holy shit there's so few people that are actually thinking uh and that that scared me to death but you were you were already a- aware of how few people were thinking and you're like well there's way more people thinking than i expected this is great yeah basically uh, yeah it's oh man i <laughs> I, well, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to maintain, uh, you know, some optimism and I, and I agree with you. I, I think that there, it has been ultimately positive in terms of how many people do realize what they participated in in 2020 was really, really fucked up, like really Damn. fucked up. And I just, I just don't have a ton of faith that they're going to extrapolate that lesson into the push for war with Iran or whatever the the next thing is. And um, I think that's why, you know, I do what I do is I'm trying to help connect those dots for people go like, Hey, Patriot act. No lockdowns. No COVID mandates. No war with Iran. No, you know, like just, it just fucking linearly connect the propaganda dot. And, but every time, every time there's a new push, you have to unwind you know, the, uh, the yarn ball and it's fucking very, it's very time consuming. I think that the only way you can get people to like expedite that process is to have them actually change their philosophical framework. And I'm not sure that most people actually function off of one is it, the, and the reason I say that is because the COVID era, you know, uh, tragedy that, that disturbs me to this day, the most is the parents that contrary to scientific evidence, were still masking their children and yeah. and still social distancing their children and and really driving their children which is something that you would think that like philosophically there there's just no way that a parent could be mind fucked into abusing their kid but on mass in, in mass they they yeah. did they did like how yeah. uh, how how is that possible
1: well i hate to feed your pessimism even more but, but I, <laughs> I will point out this most people when they see a a Horribly nasty injustice, whether it's right in front of them or some historical thing, they don't think in terms of principles. They just think that was really bad. We need something different from that. But they don't think that was really bad. Why did that happen? Like, where did that Mm -hmm. come from? So most people assume like the anybody who knows me knows my main focus is pointing out that the belief in authority is insane and horribly destructive. Like the idea that government has the right to rule creates just catastrophe after catastrophe. And one of the most depressing examples is in Nazi Germany, the main opposition were communists. I was like, those are the choices (laughs) like (laughs) authoritarian collectivism or authoritarian collectivism, because most people can't, they can look at injustice and go, that's really, really bad. We want something that isn't that, but they can't think to the root and the principles. Like you said, they can't think philosophically about why did that happen at all? and what do we do so that that doesn't happen and and then you get ridiculous things like antifa who are the biggest fascists around pretend at least claiming to be anti fascist like you have no idea where that came from i mean half of them are like fed plants anyway <laughs> sure. but, but the the mentality of backlash with a different flavor of authoritarianism and that that's all of politics but it's why you see things like that and yeah the the parents you know torturing their children, not even because the experts said so. I mean, like the CDC sort of half encouraged it and stuff, but right. they weren't even hiding the data that showed this thing doesn't do anything to kids like yeah. zero, zero healthy kids died for this. Um, and that's, you know, that's even accepting their numbers and their version of, <laughs> of reality and stuff. So yeah, until, and that's why my focus is always the belief and authority rather than the surface stuff, because people can be scared and they can change their minds and stuff. But if you understand, all right, nobody has the right to rule me and I own myself and I get to make my own decisions and I don't get to force anything on anybody else, but I do get to defend myself against them. If people understand that, then they get to a position where even if they believe the fear-mongering, they say, oh, there might be this scary thing going around and I'm gonna warn everybody, but hey, you and your house, and in your business, you, know, you get to decide. And if I think that's dangerous, I can decide not to go to your house. And you know, if you're not wearing 17 masks, I can decide not to go to your house. And so we can actually have peaceful coexistence, even when people are scared, even when they're angry, even when they're mad, even when they're upset or whatever. But without that shift, it's why I focus on that. And it's why I actually rarely talk about the... The sort of short term, like what's going on right now with right. that as the focus, because the problem isn't the, the pandemic and the this and the that all of that stuff going back hundreds of years. It all springs from people believing they're beholden to a ruling class, because right. if somebody says, be really scared and you have to do this and people go, what do you mean we have to? Who are you go away? You don't have to do anything <laughs> right. like I can do what I want over here. You can do what you want over there. Like, that's fine that works so it really is to me like pulling the plug on the whole monstrosity instead of like battling whatever version of authoritarian idiocy comes out this week sure to remove from the minds of the people the belief that allows all of that to happen that's my goal to end all of it entirely forever instead of you know fighting whatever hydra head shows up this week and never going at the root which the, the, the weird thing to me that most people don't understand because it's really easy to view the government as big, powerful, horrible enemy. That's what we have to defeat. Actually, the thing that needs to be changed is between the ears of 8 billion people. It's right. their belief system because yeah. those psychos have no power if we don't give it to them. And so the, the good news and the bad news is we don't have to change the psychopaths. We have to change their victims and their view of reality. The bad news is that's not so easy.
0: Yes. Easier said than done. If you're feeling seasick because of the volatility in this market as of late, well, you're not alone. UBS shows that private assets like fine art can help diversify with a low correlation to stocks. Bloomberg reports art prices increased in 2022 to the highest total sales ever for major auction houses. In 2023, the art market has passed its pre-pandemic level and tens of thousands of everyday investors already use today's sponsor, Masterworks, to invest in art. You don't need millions of dollars or art expertise Every Masterworks sale to date has delivered a positive return to their investors, including annualized net returns of 10, 17, and even 35%. All this year, Masterworks' most recent exit was just days ago at the end of August for a double-digit 13.4% annualized net return. My listeners get special access to skip the wait list. Just go to Masterworks.Art/lockdown. Past performance doesn't guarantee future returns. Any investing involves risk, including loss of principle. See important disclosures at masterworks.com slash CD. Again, that's masterworks.art slash lockdown. Check it out. Well, and, <laughs> and 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 the psychopaths have a, a lot of, you know, well-worn tools uh, that they've utilized to manipulate their victims. So it's like yep. you you are really fighting uh, you know a hydra of control and propaganda. That is, you know, it kind of forces. I, I think this is why on in my show, in my work, I focus more on the the latest, you know, propaganda campaign. Um, because for most people, they're not even interested in philo- philosophy. They're not even interested yeah. in in throwing off the shackles of the belief in author- uh, authority and, and all these things. So it's like, well, I have to if I want to reach those people, I have to correlate it to their their day to day life and their the current. Propaganda that's coming at them and go like, "Hey, this is bullshit. This is why you remember this last bullshit thing. Yeah, that's also bullshit. This is why, uh, and you know, connect all these dots." But I, I agree with you that ultimately it is the belief in authority. But I I, I wanted to uh, focus on something you said earlier on, where it's like basically we end up choosing between you know uh, you know MAGA authoritarianism, authoritarianism versus uh, you know Antifa. <laughs> it's like it's like no, <laughs> I opt out. Uh, but, but what I found is that. It's, it's driven me into really strange bedfellows my, my activism of late. Uh, you know I spoke in DC with Ron Paul and Scott Horton, a bunch of people uh, you know to try and end the war in Ukraine. you know it's just a peace march and, and we gave speeches and but you know probably ha- half the people there were socialists some of them were even communists um, and and this go around I'm finding myself in alignment largely with you know Marxists. Like that, are, that that are that they they view Israel as this colonial uh, settler, and and that's why they oppose them. Whereas I oppose it just because I don't like war and I don't want to see children die. Um, so I end up I end up having odd bedfellows once again. Uh, I'm just curious, how do you? I, I know you you as you said you don't really interact with the day to day, uh you know psyop that we're dealing with, but. What do you what do you think about working with people that ultimately would probably see us in camps?
1: <laughs> yeah, well the 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 method we always use in candles in the dark is when you're talking to anybody, you can find something authoritarian that they're against. So for example, you'll get some, you know, liberal who we hate this war or whatever the war is this week. And if you start there and walk them through the the line of reason, like do you think you should be forced to fund this war that you think is immoral, and they say, "No, I think that's horrible," and they say, "I agree. I don't want you forced to do that either." Right. And so you start on their side, the part of them that is anti-authoritarian in that certain case, and you try to use that to dig down to the underlying principle, so that and and you know I can't sit here and give the whole <laughs> three-hour seminar. Sure, sure. Um, but eventually, it turns around to well. Would you be okay with not forcing me to fund something that I don't want? Maybe you think it's good, because there are people who think that warmonger is really necessary. Right. Now, it's not me and it's not you, and I don't think you should be forced to fund that. Let's say there's something you really want, like you want a, a government welfare state to help the poor, and I think that's actually like spiritually destructive to them and things like that. Would you allow me the same thing that I don't have to pay for what you want government to do, because I would absolutely, if it was up to me, make it so you don't have to pay for the warmongering or anything right. else you don't support and to get them to start to look at the principle by way of the things that make them angry about authoritarianism. And I find a lot of that, a lot of it is about training yourself to not do the things that make it into an argument. But like that's yes. 90% of the, the course is training yourself to not because it's so easy to make it into a confrontational argument where nothing happens. Okay. Um, but to try to get like the righteous indignation in them and say, okay, where's that coming from? What's the principle underneath that? And do you actually apply that to everything else? Or are you just pretending to be principled? Because, I mean, you see that every time. Like politicians all over the place, left, right, everything in between – they will always pretend that it's a matter of principle that we oppose this. Like, yeah, but no, it isn't. Because last week you were advocating a different form of evil authoritarianism. You just pretend it's principle because it sounds good today. Yep. But if you'll actually be consistent, first of all, you'll quit. You won't claim the right to rule anybody. Anyone support any political anything ever again. Yeah. But it's so it's a way to use people's justified righteous indignation even if they're like all the way Marxists or something to try to dig down to okay where's that coming from well i don't want innocent people to be harmed cool we're on the same page so far yep. and then to slowly get them to realize that yeah but half the time you're cheering for innocent people to be harmed for a different reason a, a thing that that serves your interests or a thing that you like how about don't do that either and then we don't have to be at war with each other and it's it's it really is that simple, but it's really complex to get people to look at that because of the the depth of the indoctrination.
0: Right, and basically all you're arguing for is voluntarism. Like you're arguing yep. that, hey, I only want to be, uh, you know, funding things that I actually believe in, and and they're like. You're like yeah, I agree with that, and then you're like, I don't want to pay for you know socialized healthcare, and they're like, you need to go to jail for the rest of your life. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like, really? I thought we were on the same page. Here. But the 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 neo the neocons and the Marxists really, um, you know, I I think the the key thing to remember is like, for many of the neocons, like they view you have to go kill all the terrorists because they're concerned about innocent lives being lost, and it's like yeah. it's like the Marxists. I think that they're totally. Uh, you know, on the wrong path and on the wrong side of history, but at the same time, like, they're concerned about poor people, like many of them. Yeah. So if you can just, if you can still, if you can approach it with, like, these people actually do have good intentions. They're just yeah. totally fucking crazy. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> and, and-, and how they go <laughs> about it. Then, then you can actually approach them with some kindness as opposed to all of the anger. And I think because... You know, it's so rare that we interact with people that have polar opposite ideologies. Uh, not necessarily us, because everyone we interact with to a large extent has polar opposite ideologies. But, <laughs> but the, uh, you know, the Republicans and Democrats, like they, they they really do isolate themselves off into their little tribal camps and they don't really engage with the other side so when they do it's like coming into contact with a warring tribe and they don't have any capacity to have a conversation with them without just being like you're a piece of shit." and and it's like yeah. it's like well if i wanted to approach you guys like that i could easily do so and justifiably and i could just say you're both pieces of shit," and i would be right but it's not going to get us anywhere so like that's yeah. that's what i'm i try to do is try and just remind myself these people are functioning in a way that is ultimately, you know, not beneficial to humanity. But I think that they are functioning from a, for the most part, from a good place, unless they're total evil psychopaths. So,
1: yeah, uh, in which I, case, talking to them is pointless anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I wanted to ask you. You know, I, I don't, I don't hear you talk about this much, and I know you're not in the prediction game, but I am curious where you see things headed. Uh, you know, it, it. I agree with you. Many people have woken up over the past few years. I think many people have been waking up for the past 20 years. Uh, and, you know, thanks to all of the psyops that we've been put through. Um, but, you know, I come from an Austrian economics background. It, it seems as if we're we're on the, the precipice of kind of a, a global debt reset and the fiat system is, is nearing its end uh, broadly. Uh, you have the potential for multiple fronts of world wars. You have lots, lots of really dangerous things that are are on the horizon if not upon us already uh i'm curious what you think how this plays out or do you have do you spend any time worrying about that
1: i i do the funny thing is i agree with everything you just said and i'm more optimistic now than i've ever been in my life okay um which which may sound slightly (laughs) psychotic in and of itself um because to me again the you know the belief in authority collapsing is pulling the plug on the whole thing i don't think that's that far away and all these schemes and all these scams and the warmongering and the currency and the like all the different things that the psychopaths do they all rely on people feeling obligated to obey like you have the right to rule me and i have the obligation to obey that has been falling apart for decades now A lot of people still go along with it, and a lot of people still, I'm proud to be a law-abiding taxpayer. In other words, you take pride in the fact that you blindly obey and pay tribute to a bunch of psychopaths. Okay, (laughs) a little bit of a weird thing to be proud of. But even that has been falling apart for a long time. I mean, there was, there's, little, there's little really important um, sort of socioeconomic and, and, and psychological signs that show up from time to time. And they'll be like on page 27 in some newspaper. And one to me is a number of years back, they did a, a, a poll and they asked, if you could cheat on your taxes and get away with it, would you? Do you think that would be moral? A majority of people for the first time said, yes, that would be moral. And that they would do it, which means they're paying out of fear now. They're not paying out of uh, a feeling of obligation. And that was huge. They did the same question a few years earlier. And the vast majority were like, I'm proud to pay my fair share of blah, 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 yada, 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 barfing up the propaganda. (laughs) That by itself is a massive shift. Um, Another indication is the number of enforcers of the state who have recently said, yeah, we're not enforcing that. They did that about mandates and lockdowns in different right. places. They just did it in Illinois about some stupid gun thing and most of the county sheriffs said, we're not doing that. New Mexico, the governor, we're gonna temporarily suspend it. And most of the governor, I mean, most of the sheriff said, yeah, we're not doing that. She has no right to do that. Right. That, that is massive. Even though each little tidbit is sort of, okay, who cares? We're still in this situation. The mentality of the people is the determining factor of where we're headed. And people, people are, this isn't going to sound very optimistic. People are profoundly stupid. They're incapable of critical thought, as a general rule. They're thoroughly indoctrinated. They have no basis on which to even determine the difference between true and false because they don't understand the foundation of anything. <laughs> right. But <laughs> the overall blind respect for authority has been falling apart. Yeah, And without that, the ruling class falls over. And then those few fringe weirdo freaks like us who like to like talk about philosophy and thinking and stuff, then we're in a position where, okay, now we sort of drag all of humanity in the right direction when there isn't this giant ruling class stomping on them. Because the thing is, it, it's so easy for people to look at the, the unwashed masses and go, ah, they're just indoctrinated and stupid and gullible and fear driven and all these things. That's totally true. The majority has never mattered. The majority has never determined the direction of society. Like I use the the example of slavery. The abolitionists were a tiny minority. And from then to now they draw they dragged pretty much all of human society over to the slavery is really bad side Mm -hmm. And good for them. But like you were saying before, most of the people now who are all, you know, self-righteous about whatever the daily cause is, where they, if they had been born back then, they would have been making excuses for slavery. But that tiny percentage of the population that's like, this is horribly wrong, this is intolerable, we have to do something. They dragged the whole planet (laughs) in the right right direction. Yeah. I mean, there are little, you know, there's there's patches of slavery here and there, but they have to do it like quietly and behind the scenes. It used to be just everyone like, yeah, thanks, (laughs) Hillary. Good job. (laughs) But they used to literally sell people in the town square up on a thing. And you can't do that anymore because that weird little fringe kook minority of abolitionists dragged all of humanity in the right direction. And the reason they're the reason everybody knows that slavery was really, really bad. It isn't all the people who just believe whatever they're told, but that's going to happen again with statism. And I'm convinced that it's, it's not going to be that long until everybody recognizes there's no such thing as a divine right of politicians, as right. a bunch of people who have the right to rule. But they're going to have to be dragged there by the tiny minority of people who actually think about stuff. But I think that's absolutely inevitable. And the funny thing is, if you had asked me how optimistic I was, like, you know when i had been a voluntarist for 10 years i would say we're utterly doomed nobody's going to pay any attention like i'll keep saying this stuff and i'll die having convinced like maybe three people or something <laughs> well,
0: but you've convinced since way then more than that.
1: <laughs> but since then i know hundreds of thousands of voluntarists i right. never would have dreamed you know in in you know 2005 i had been a voluntarist for nine years because 1996 when i gave up statism I never would have dreamed that would happen in my lifetime. And the way beliefs tend to happen is when they sort of trickle into enough of society. They talk about 10% being the magic number, which, you know, kind of general. But when a belief gets that far, it's going to be everybody. And it's going to be everybody pretty dang quick. Now, we're not at 10% yet, but we are careening in that direction. Because you actually have, in places even in the mainstream things like this starting to be discussed. You have voluntaryists, you have like Michael Malice, who's been on Rogan and he's been on, you know, and Russell Brand and Jimmy, Jimmy Dore had Michael Malice on and Russell Brand is sort of aiming in that direction. And, you know, I know people can say, well, oh, I think he's a shill and like, whatever. The fact that it's happening in discussions that millions of people are seeing, right? like, that is 99% of the battle. Like yeah. most people, if you grew up in slave days and and you know, you were on the 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 winning end of that deal if you weren't one of the people that anybody thought they owned and you're surrounded by people go oh yeah it's not the most pleasant thing but this is how it is it's legitimate it's fair look it's legal i have a piece of paper that says i own him and just to hear somebody say this is bad this is all the way wrong not just the master should be a little bit nicer but this is profoundly evil and even, even the slaves, like Frederick Douglass reading his autobiography, when he first read somebody saying, you know, slavery is really, really bad. He's like, yeah. And you'd think, well, well of course the slaves know it. They didn't.
0: Yeah, they wild. didn't
1: know it, which is so you know, impossible for me to like, relate to that. <laughs> Most of the slaves thought that they were the rightful property of somebody else because they were surrounded by that right. message day in and day out in the Incredible. indoctrination. And so that's what we're up against. And I think the same shift is going to happen. We're in the not too distant future. All of humanity is going to look back and go, why did we ever imagine that this group of babbling psychopaths literally had the right to take our money and boss us around? Why did we ever fall for that? Right. I I think that's going to happen in my lifetime. If I can avoid getting suicided for a few more decades, (laughs) I think there will be large areas of the planet that have no ruling class. And then the rest of the planet is going to learn by example. It's like, Whoa, you're not killing and eating each other. No, we're doing just fine. Turns out you don't need like thugs beating you up and robbing you in order to have civilized society. Imagine that.
0: I love it. (laughs) Well, that, that is, that is far more optimistic than I expected. And, um, you know, just to emphasize your point about, You know, malice doing large platforms. Obviously, you've reached millions of people. Even myself, who just began three years ago, uh, you know, I've I've spoken to on shows that have done five hundred thousand, a million listeners, uh, and I've done that a ton of times. I just started a show with someone I'm sure you know, Luke Rudkowski, and he's an anarchist like like me and you, and and uh, you know the fact that or voluntarist, whatever, Uh, and and he, uh, you know, we're doing six figure viewership every time we play press play. I mean, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like who would have thought that you'd have a duo of, of you know, voluntarists or anarchists that are able to to reach that amount of people and that they'd want to hear it and that they'd enjoy it and that they'd share yeah. it. You know, like these are things that, these are ideas that would have been pretty phenomenally taboo, you know, just in the 1990s. Um, Absolutely. And, and even in the 2000s, maybe even more so in the 2000s because everyone was all uh, caught up in the war on terror. So yeah, I, I I guess it's just like my frustration is I just want it to go faster. I'm like we're going to yeah. fucking we're going to kill ourselves in world war 3. We're going to the <laughs> the economic collapse is going to, you know, drive us into eating each other. And it's like but with like it does require some pain to get us to to see growth. It's like weightlifting. You have it has to hurt. You have to be sore to to put on that extra muscle mass and I I hope that um you know, setting all my frustrations aside that's actually what we're witnessing. So I it's rare it's rare that i end an interview with uh, anything optimistic so thank you so much larkin i did not expect this to go this direction uh, go ahead and tell my my audience where they can follow you where they can uh, you know check out your movie and everything else
1: well i have a gazillion things on youtube you can just search for my name but yeah right now what i think is by far the most potent thing i have for showing to the masses is our movie, Jones Plantation, because, and I've already seen a bunch of normal people watch it, and you can see that it shook their brain up. It also entertained them, and they liked it. Yeah, and they say, I'm glad I saw that. And also, whoa, now I have to process some stuff. Um, because that particular allegory and the particular setting and the the way it was done, um, the the number of miracles that the director, Andrew Treglia, pulled off to make, to make it happen and make it what it is, I think it, it has massive potential for the normal people out there. So pro-freedom people can watch it and go, rah, 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 that was cool. Okay, but please don't stop there. Like, right. show it to other people. Have them actually watch it because um almost nobody, I can't even think of a single person who was like, well, I totally hated it because blah, blah, blah. Like, it makes them uncomfortable, but it makes them uncomfortable in a setting where they weren't personally attacked and they were entertained at the same time. So it isn't. It's sort of the nicest way to make someone <laughs> uncomfortable, right? Right. In a way that they don't feel like you attacked them or told them, "Yeah, you're a cheerleader for evil," but they can sort of figure out along the way. Maybe I would have been one of the bad guys in that scene. I mean, I would have been good. I meant well, but I would have fallen for that. And right. so I'm I'm thrilled by the responses we've been getting from normal people who never thought about this. Um,
0: and just and to so, say real quick, I, I I watched the movie. I thought it was great. Uh, I thought it was incredibly clever. You know the the way you guys went about it. I was like, yes, yes, like I, you know. And because I do come from your worldview, um, about halfway through, I connect you know all the dots. Basically, I'm like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Like, I, but it was still right. it was still revelatory to me. I I'm curious, like. For what the non is watching it, like if they connect it at the very end or if they don't connect it, you know, like, um, but I think, I think most people will because it, it just, it does, it, it forces you to, to think about, you know, how, how different are we in this era to that and, and who, who would you have been in that era? And I think if people are being honest with themselves, uh, the vast majority of people today would have. You know, been more probable to be slaveholders than to be abolitionists, and, yeah. and that's you know it's an uncomfortable reality. And I don't, and everybody likes to imagine themselves being on the abolitionist side, but it's just not, it's just not true. So yeah,
1: and, and I think a lot of people who watch it, like, th- there's parts of it that are like really dang obvious what it means, and then there's more and more subtle layers. Right. Um, but I think a lot of people, like you, got it halfway through. Obviously, you had a head start <laughs> yeah. understanding these things. I think a lot of people who will get bits and pieces of it when they watch it, will actually get more of it when they're going about their day-to-day lives, days mm. and weeks and months later, where Good they point. see a, a political campaign ad and go, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've I seen this somewhere <laughs> before. And and it was designed to do that. I think a lot of people it will rattle around in there and they'll start to see things and they'll start to see through the tricks because right. that's... That's the goal. Like the good people falling for the tricks that works until they know how the tricks work. And then they go, Oh yeah, I, I saw this on Jones' plantation. I'm not falling for that. Yeah. Um. And so I think there will be a, a long lasting effect on a lot of people where it's going to be rattling around inside their heads long after they, you know, have actually seen the thing and some of it, it they'll learn while they're watching, but lots and lots
0: after. Well, I'll, I'll link to that in the description. Anything else, any social media that you'd like to have people follow you on?
1: Uh, now right now that's our main focus. Cause I think it just, it, it's already demonstrated. It has so much potential to sort of shake loose, um, a lot of the indoctrination that people have, or at least start rattling it around in there. So yeah, yeah that's, that's our focus today.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well then, uh, everybody go check that out. Seriously. It's, uh, I think that, you know, we oftentimes lament that there's not enough, uh, you know, media or efforts in the culture war, so to speak for people in our ideological camp. And you guys really, uh, you know, did so in a, in a brilliant fashion, and it's a high quality you know movie. I, I I was really impressed, and and I think that obviously the message I agree with wholeheartedly. So uh, I hope hope not just my people that already see these things this way will watch it, but they'll also if they enjoy it they'll share it around with their their friends family. Uh, it doesn't cost very much money, so uh, I'll leave the description down below and uh, and go check that out. If anybody wants to support my work, I oh by the way I just got to mention real quick I got uh, I got. Uh, hacked on on x aka twitter so if anybody is getting dms from me that are you know trying to sell you ipads or anything like that it ain't me don't buy the Uh. fucking ipad uh uh, (laughs) but if you want to support my work go to libertylockdown.locals.com uh i will be on with uh with luke and vivek ramaswamy thursday afternoon three o'clock don't miss it we're out of here peace Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your Liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?